to gather together, uh, to be able to share uh, our burdens with and having someone that cares and loves us and will come alongside. Uh, But Lord, we come ultimately to you and we need your help in our lives. And so tonight we pray the Spirit of God would have freedom, speak to each heart and help all of us uh, to be uh, aware of your leading in our lives, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. You can be seated. After uh, the uh, last song there and then getting ready for the offering, we weren't sure whether we were going to stand or uh, be seated. That was sort of comical. Uh, reminds me, when I first came, uh, we were, uh, I had changed the order of service. And let's see here. I don't know who would have been here. Maybe uh, Tara would have been here, and Brother Andy would have been here, and Mrs. Cole and uh, Mrs. Jewell. Uh, she was she was Mrs. Miller at the time, and she was out gallivanting all around the nation. Uh, so I don't really think there was many people here. Uh, Brother Dan and Miss Don would have been here. Uh, but anyway, there was a song that was announced, and I had changed the order of service, and I had uh, uh, had everybody seated. And uh, when the song leader came up to lead the song, uh, Miss Sandra stood up. She was sitting right about where Mrs. Cole is uh, seated right now. And she stood up and she looked around and said, we always stand on this song. And, and so I'm seated right here and the song leader uh, is getting ready to start. And I believe it was Brother Ludwig at that time because he was the one that was leading singing. Uh, and so uh, there was all of a sudden a tension and some people were looking at me like, okay, we want to be, we want to be, uh, we want to follow the pastor. He just said uh, to, to be seated. And then we want to support Miss Sandra as well. It was comical. It really was. I just sat there and uh, we finished that. And then uh, we ended up having uh, our members stand and our guests were seated and I recognized the guest. And so anyway, after that was all over, I, I went through the process and I said, now, just a few minutes ago, I said there was a little bit of awkwardness, but as we do have some changes, I'll promise you that there is a reason why I make changes and what I'm doing. And after the service, Miss Sandra came, oh, pastor, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have stood. I shouldn't have said anything. She wasn't causing division. She was just, this is always what we do. And you know what? Old people just always do what they do. Uh, and so uh, anyway, it was, it was funny. And so watching that uh, some people stand and stay standing and others seated uh, during offering just a minute ago, it was very, very similar. All right. So we're looking here at good work. And I want you to look again uh, at the passage of Scripture here. And I want to uh, read through this. Uh, as we as as we get into the text and just follow along, for I know this that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Now, uh, when we think about this passage of scripture, we find that the apostle Paul he is he is completing his third missionary journey. 
So the church at Ephesus is the church that he is addressing right now. And he has, he has spent so much time in this third missionary journey. He spends three years with the church of Ephesus. So he has, he has as vested as you can be uh, in this ministry. And so he leaves there and he goes uh, through Macedonia comes back, and as he's along the shoreline, uh, they, they come in uh, at uh, Miletus, and as they're at Miletus, he sends off for the, the elders of the church of Ephesus to come and meet with him. They come, and Paul now, he's already spent three years with them. He left. He comes back, calls for them, and he says, listen, there's things I've got I've to help you with because I'm not going to see your face anymore. He knew he was going to Jerusalem. He knew that when he went to Jerusalem, that that persecution was going to come and that his life was probably going to be taken. But he knew that he was not going to see these believers again. And so Paul is really trying to help prepare them. And so, uh, so he, he is, can, uh, is just sharing this with them. Uh, verse 31, Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. And you know what? As a church family, uh, it, we need to be committed to God. Uh, and to the word of his grace. It is God that is going to build. It is God that is going to, uh, to help us to grow uh, spiritually, to be strong. And, and that's who, what he is talking about here, uh, who is able to build you up. Uh, the building up is the word edify, to build up. And so he is wanting these believers to be strengthened in their faith. And he says, and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. He goes on, I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so here the Apostle, Apostle Paul uh, is, he is, uh, he is finishing up with this church. He is going to move back, uh, uh, continue on his journey back to Jerusalem. And that three-year period of time is spent there. Uh, but as he has uh, labored in his mission, there was also other work that he had to do. It wasn't just ministry. It was not just prayer. It was not just soul winning. It was not just church. There were other jobs. There were other necessities that had to be, uh, to be met. And the Apostle Paul uh, was one uh, that was willing to do that. And so uh, we're going to look at how how this uh, affects our vocation, our work, our job, uh, in our also in living for a mission. So first of all, number one, the mission is not survival. The mission is not survival. If we're not careful, we can just go into a mode 
that I've just got to get through today so I can survive. I've just got to meet my needs. I've got to meet my physical needs. I've got to meet my financial needs. I've got all these responsibilities that need to be met. And I'm not downplaying them because every one of us have them. But the reality is the mission is not just survival. If we're not careful, we can separate the opportunities that God gives to us to be able to to invest in other people and to fulfill his purpose with our situation. God is not surprised that we have needs. He is not surprised that there are necessities that need to be met. And you know what? He knows how they're going to be met. And he knows what processes it is going to take. And he knows who is going to come in contact with us as those processes are being met. Years ago, I was a mechanic and I, when I was in college, and we were working on semis. And uh, as a, a mechanic, we worked on the semis, but I also worked on tankers. And we would have to go in and do a confined space entry and go into these tankers. And uh, so you go into these big 6,000-gallon uh, stainless steel tankers, and there's all kinds of safety equipment you were supposed to uh, put on and all these processes you were supposed to follow. And uh, they gave you all the requirements, but they did not give you enough time to even put the equipment on uh, to do the job. And so a lot of it would get pushed off. Well, one of the things we had to do is we had to do a, we had to be certified in CPR every year. And it was, it was a process. We had to go through this, the training year in and year out. And one of the guys uh, that, we, that I worked with, his name was Bob. Uh, Bob was an old guy. He was about 50 years old. And uh, uh, I, I look back at that now, and, and now Bob wasn't old at all. But uh, when I was tw- in my early 20s, 50 seemed like awful old. And so uh, Bob was in his, his 50s, and, uh, and as he was, uh, we were working together, uh, there was a, uh, the, the bo- main boss. He said, okay, he said, uh, uh, Bob just uh, fell down. Uh, he's unresponsive. Uh, Brown, what are you going to do? And he looked at me, and there's a whole crew of guys that are there. And I said, Bob's going to die. Because <laughs> I'm not giving Bob mouth to mouth. Uh, and Bob just busted up laughing. Uh, but uh, but we, we would interact with uh, these individuals and different people. And uh, there, were, there were times where this guy, he knew I was a believer. And he was always trying to throw uh, dirty things my direction. Always wanting to, to crack a crude joke. And always throwing something uh, my direction. And, and I'd always have to try to shut him down and uh, really guard my testimony. But in my early 20s, one day Bob pulled up and we were mobile mechanics and he came over and he started spilling his guts to me. He had, he had some personal needs. And here all of a sudden we had this guy in his mid-50s coming to me in my early 20s asking for counsel. You know, God knows what he's doing. He knows who you're going to come in contact with. That person that might be a thorn in your 
your flesh. It might be somebody that God is going to give you an opportunity to witness to him. And I did. I had an opportunity to go completely through the plan of salvation with Bob. And he listened intently. And, and I don't know whether or not Bob ever got saved. He didn't pray with me. He told me that he was going to. But I don't know whether he accepted or not. But I do know that God had some divine appointments set up. And there are people that, that you and I work with and just survival, just getting through our day, uh, trying to clock in, clock out, and, and just sort of getting that off the table. Uh, survival is not mission. God has a mission, a job for us day in and day out. There are people that are watching us that we have no idea that they're watching, but they are. And, and we just need to realize that the mission was not survival. Paul's mission in Acts 20 was not only the conversion of the Christless, it was also the edification of the Christians. There were people that he was working alongside, that he was trying to build up. But in that building up, there were still other jobs that he had to do. He had to meet his own needs. Uh, go to verse number 16, Acts chapter 20, verse 16. For Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia, for he hasted, if it were possible for him, to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons." Serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. He kept back nothing that was profitable for them. So in this time, uh, Paul is, he is investing and he is reminding these people that he had given them what was profitable. Now, the word profitable here is the word ad, uh, advantageous. It was, it was beneficial for them. You know what? Beneficial does not always mean enjoyable. I remember when I was younger, they didn't use hydrogen peroxide. They used, what was that, iodine? Is that what that? Mercuricomb. Whatever. That stuff's terrible. That stuff hurts. And they'd always say, oh, it's not going to hurt for long. Well, it did. And you're blowing on it, and you're doing everything you can, you, uh, and trying to, trying to get past that. Uh, but then it was like, oh, but it's going to be so much better now. Well, how can that be better? <laughs> I don't know. I never quite got that. Uh, but uh, they poured something on knowing that it was going to create all kinds of pain, but it was supposed to be better later. Now, whether it was or not, I don't know. I know I didn't enjoy it. And just because something is beneficial or profitable or advantageous, sometimes it's not enjoyable. Paul was enduring temptations. He had trials that he was going through, and those trials were a part of what was advantageous for Paul. But there were also things that were to be advantageous 
for everybody else. And if we're not careful, we can just look at the problems that we're dealing with and not realize that God wants us still to be profitable, helpful to other people. Well, what was he, what was he doing? He was, he was giving them what was profitable. He withheld nothing uh, that was profitable. He kept back nothing that was profitable. Uh, what was that? Profitable in the faith. Profitable in their faith. The spiritual is more important than the temporal. What we need spiritually far exceeds what we need physically. We go to Matthew 6 and the Lord said, take no thought for your life. Well, these are necessities what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink, wherewithal shall ye be clothed. These are all very real necessities. These, these are not things that are fluff. These, these are not things that are just to make life more luxurious. Those are necessities. The Lord said, don't even take thought for that. Why? Because the spiritual is more important than the temporal. And here, Paul was making sure that he was giving them. He taught them publicly. He taught them personally from house to house. So he was at the synagogue. He was in the public places, but he was also house to house. He was going personally to the individuals and, and meeting needs uh, from the first day in verse number 18. And through all seasons, he says, so over and over and over again, good days, Bad days, he was giving them what was profitable. Acts 20, verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the line and weight of the Jews. So Paul is giving what was profitable, holding back nothing that was profitable while he was going through it. When I'm going through it, I want everybody to be there for me. Paul was going through it, and he was there for everybody else. Survival is not mission. Just getting through our temptations, our trials, our problems, just meeting our necessities, that's not mission. That's a part of life, and that, was, that is something that we do still need to do. But that's not mission. Mission isn't survival. Survival is not mission. Number two, the physical need does not supersede the spiritual mission. The physical need does not supersede the spiritual mission. How many of you have physical needs? We all do. Food, amen, Oreos, amen. <laughs> uh, whatever those needs are, those physical needs, food, clothing, those, those are very real, but they do not supersede. They do not go before the spiritual. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. 
So the, the physical need does not supersede the spiritual mission. Look at verse 25. And now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. So Paul here was confident that uh, he was confident in his fulfillment of the cause, the mission that he had been given. He was confident that he did what he was supposed to do. I bear you to record this day. He said, go ahead, tell me when I did not. Show me when I was not on point. Show me when I was not fulfilling the mission. Show me when I was not uh, caring about the spiritual and keeping God first. And that's what Paul is saying. I bear you to record this day. Go ahead, tell me when that wasn't the case. Now, boy, we better not ask anybody and call them out to record if we're not ready to hear the answer. But Paul here, he was confident. Why? Because he was committed to the cause of Christ. He was committed uh, to his faith, and uh, he had been given a cause that he had been commissioned to perform, and he was doing it. Uh, And it wasn't just that he had no needs. There wasn't anybody else meeting those physical needs. He didn't have a salary coming in. He did not have a missions check coming in. He was, he was there and he was having to meet those needs as well as uh, fulfilling uh, the mission that God had given uh, to him. So Paul was not perfect and Paul wasn't uh, declaring this out of uh, pride. He was just clarifying the fact that he had kept the Lord first. And he had kept the mission first. So his vision, his zeal, his ministry, it was pure. It was not perfect, but it was, it was pure. It was without pretense. And so he said in verse 27, I have not shunned. Uh, the word shunned is hupostello, and it means to shrink from. I haven't uh, shrunk from my responsibility. I have not avoided my responsibility. I know there have been times where I have shrunk from my responsibility. There's times where I see something that I need to do and I sort of pull back. Paul said, I haven't done that. I haven't shunned uh, to to, uh, fulfill those responsibilities. Uh, And so uh, he said to shrink from, to avoid, to withdraw. He said, I've not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. We need people of faith. How are they going to become people of faith if we shun, we withdraw from declaring it? Moms, dads, you should declare more of God's word in your family than I do. Amen. We shouldn't be We shouldn't be relying on the Sunday school teacher to teach our kids the Bible. Amen. Don't get quiet. I'm thankful for our children's ministries, but it's not Miss Stephanie's job to teach our kids all the Bible. We need to be committed of teaching God's word. 
And if we are going to have people of faith, that is going to cause all of us to have to recognize there's a mission that we have uh, to be investing in other people. And, uh, and so we need uh, people of faith. We need Christian leaders. We need preachers, pastors, missionaries, teachers. We need the faithful to be faithful to truth. That means all of us, we need to be faithful to truth. And we, we need to be communicating that. Tomorrow, I'm meeting with a man that uh, has been on the mission field. Uh, and when I meet with him, he has, uh, he has got a ministry that uh, is it's, uh, uh, teaching uh, and getting uh, a seminary, basically, to, uh, to believers and uh, just trying to uh, help educate people, and especially on the foreign field, and uh, getting the, the uh, uh, Word of God to them and teaching them. Uh, but uh, part of the ministry name is Fidelis. And when, when you have uh, Semper Fi, we hear that from the, the, the uh, Marines. And Semper Fi, it is Semper Fidelis. And it means always faithful. And you know, as believers, we are to be always faithful. That shouldn't just be a motto. It's the motto of uh, the the uh, uh, Marines, and I wouldn't go around saying simplify because it's sort of an identity saying that you were in the Marines. But as a believer, uh, we should be able to say uh, that we are always faithful. And that needs to be uh, the case, but uh, always faithful. And uh, so Christians need to be always faithful uh, and uh, faithful to the Savior, uh, we need to seek to be faithful. Uh, Paul not only always preached faithfulness, Paul promoted faithfulness, Paul was passionate about being faithful. He was passionate about it in his own life, but he was also passionate in getting other people to be faithful. And, and you see how Paul always had somebody with him. He was always drawing somebody else in uh, to, to serve and uh, to be faithful in, in the service of the Lord. Number three, uh, the mission needs extend to our needs. The mission needs extend to our needs. Paul's, Paul not only met the needs of others spiritually, he also met the needs of others physically, financially. So when we are meeting the needs that we have for us, the mission also includes that we get to help somebody else as well. Look at, look at uh, verse number 32. He said, and now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up, and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities. What's that next word? What's that next word? And. These hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. You know what we find? That as Paul was fulfilling the mission, 
And as Paul was having his own necessities that he had to meet, he could still be meeting other people's needs and helping other people. You know what we find? It's just mission all the way across the board. The mission, loving God, loving people. Paul, even as he was meeting his own needs, he was helping meet the needs of the people that were around him. And, and here it's just uh, this, this uh, his ministry didn't stop with the preaching. His ministry didn't stop with the teaching. His ministry didn't stop with him just going and proclaiming Christ. It also, his ministry was also him going to work. And as he went to work, there were other people there that had some needs as well. And he helped to meet the needs that they had. And so uh, we, we see that that ministry just continued. Verse 35, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak. What did he do? Now he's saying, listen, this is what I've done. Church of Ephesus, I'm not going to see you anymore. Elders, I'm not going to see you anymore. Make sure that when you go back, he says, I've showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Mission extends even into us when we are just trying to meet our own personal needs. That paycheck that you labor for, maybe there are people that the Lord wants you to come alongside and help. So I don't have anything left over. It doesn't pencil. I'm not saying that we labor just to give it all away. I am just saying that you can see how Paul, in his, in his ministry, he was he was faithful, but also in this vocation, he was still meeting the needs of other people when he was just trying to meet his own needs. And there, there is an example there. Uh, and he, he closes it out with saying, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So Paul's focus was not on the temporal, but on the, the spiritual. And Paul's labor included meeting the physical need as well as the spiritual needs of others. So, when we go to work, I wonder what the Lord wants us to do. I wonder who it is that he wants us to help. Maybe there's going to be people that we can, we can be light to, we can be salt to, but there might be also ways that as God blesses us and as we have our needs met, there might be some other people. The Bible talks about especially they of the household of faith. Maybe there's people that the Lord wants us to be an encouragement to, a blessing to. So Paul, Paul here is, is in a situation where he did not have a ministry income, he did not have a salary, did not have a payroll, did not have a mission board behind him. And so he is serving, but then he's also having to do work to try to meet his own needs, but it didn't stop there. It just extends to mission. 
So, so the mission needs extend also into the fulfilling of our needs. So verse 34, yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. Uh, go back to chapter 18 and verse 1. I'm almost done. Chapter 18, verse 1. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontius, lately came from Italy with his wife Priscilla because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. And because he was of the same, what? Craft. He abode with them and wrought. For, their, for by their occupation, they were tent makers. What do we find here? Uh, as the, the apostle Paul was, was, was ministering, he was also working, he was laboring. Uh, he was of the same craft as Aquila and Priscilla, who were tent makers. Paul was of that same craft. Paul was a tent maker. Uh, and what do we find? So he was still working. He was laboring. He was a worker. Uh, and so he labored. He labored in word. He labored in deed. He was not chargeable unto the people. 1 Corinthians 4, uh, verse number 11. Even unto this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place and labor working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless, being persecuted, we suffer it, being defamed, we entreat it, we are made as the filth of the world and are the offscouring of things unto this day. Uh, we just see that Paul, uh, even in his labor, uh, when he was talking to the church at Corinth, uh, there was still labor that was going on. First uh, Timothy chapter 5 and verse 17 let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in word and doctrine. For the scripture saith, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. And, and just, in, just in the service, in the labor that we have, all of us have it. But let's allow that labor to still be ministry. There's, there, there is a Savior that we can represent no matter what job we are doing. And so here we see Paul, uh, he worked as he was serving. And even when he was just trying to get his own needs met, he was still looking out to minister to others. And I think that's the type of heart that we need to have. That is good work. That's good work. And you and I, we can do good work. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for our people. Thank you for their faithfulness and being here on a Wednesday night. I pray that you'd give them strength. And Lord, as we go back into our daily life and uh, go out into the world and uh, interact with those in the workplace and in the community, I do pray that you would help us uh, to be able to see uh, opportunities of ministry uh, no matter what we are doing, whether we are just trying to meet our own personal needs uh, and necessities, uh, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to see uh, opportunities to be uh, a light for you and to, to minister to others. And so help us tonight. Heads bowed, eyes closed.